work and uh you know watching the watching the nba playoffs um so uh i got a uh job opportunity um i have an interview tomorrow um it's another cell tower company but uh there i told them i want like a a lot more than what i'm making now plus a couple more incentives so um um so if they don't offer me that, then I'm not going to take it. Um, but it sounds like they are. So I have an interview tomorrow with the manager. So um, that's uh, that's pretty much what's going on with me. Uh, nice. Um, so does this uh, company seem um, like uh, does the job seem better, or is it mostly the the increase in in pay that seems better? Um, it's just, uh, more money and, um, our company right now is kind of like tanking. So can you hear the, uh, the car, the car, can you hear that? No. Oh, it's like really loud here. Um, the racetracks. Oh, the house. Uh-huh. yeah. I'm having a hard time, like concentrating. Without... Oh. oh, no, I, I can't hear it. Okay. Well, if you can't hear it, then that's okay. It's yeah. Really loud. I'm surprised you can't hear it. Yeah, we oh. should um, we should do a thing where we pretend since it's Sunday, we should pretend like you're live from like the NASCAR race today. Yeah. What's that? What's that? Like the Indy. Indy five hundred. Yeah. Maybe that'll yeah. <laughs> maybe that'll increase our ratings. Yeah, yeah. I'll get interviews. Yeah. I'll, learn, I'll learn a couple of drivers' names. Like I'll come up here and then I'll go there. Like, <laughs> yeah, here he is, the winner. <laughs> so, what type of um travel would you be doing if you got this job? Um, so it would be like the same thing. Um, but I'm just so I'm pretty much just uh looking. <clears throat> to work until the end of the summer when I go to school. Um, so I put my resume, pretty much what happened is I put my resume on Indeed just to like look um, and see what was out there. Like I wasn't looking for other tower work because I told my company that I was going to stick it out with them until the end of the summer. Um, and that was the plan. So I just wanted to see, like I looked in different areas around the country, like Indiana, I thought about um, a couple other places, Alaska, um, just like short term kind of uh, make some quick money. And um, um, so anyway, so I got an email from a company, a tower company uh, that's pretty local there in mass, um, but I've worked alongside them. Um, because they have uh, a group of integrators and those are the guys that go to the sites and they pretty much switch everything over to the new technologies that we install. So when we were doing like all the T-Mobile sites, um, the company is called Centerline. 
So they would send their integrator um, out to our site. And um, so we would kind of work alongside them. Like I got to know a few of them and they seem like really good guys and they always talk highly about the company. So I always kind of had it in the back of my mind, like centerline, if they ever, you know, offer me a job or whatever, then it, it wouldn't be a bad idea to think about it. So they, uh, I got an email from them saying that they were going to offer me a uh, foreman position making 34 to $38 an hour um, plus a truck. So I talked to a recruiter a few days ago and um, she said that just because I have, I don't have that much experience. Normally what I have is three and a half years. Normally that wouldn't qualify for a foreman. But she said, because I've been with the same company for three years, that's, um, you know, it's kind of, that separates me a little bit. Um, and I told her everything I know. And I told her that I've been pretty much doing, you know, the foreman work for the past, you know, year or so, if not more than that, just because of the type of situations and circumstances with my crew being, you know, just me and my other guy for a long time, I had to learn a lot and learn quickly. Um, so I explained like kind of in detail, like things I know. And so that made me look good. And, uh, she said that I told her, um, I want 34 an hour plus a truck. And, uh, if they're not going to give it to me, then I, I'm not even going to negotiate and I'm just going to go to school, finish, um, work with my company now for the rest of the summer and then go to school. Um, if they don't offer me that. Um, if they do, then I would take it, or I would at least consider it, probably take it. And uh, if I, you know, don't like it, then I'll just go to school. And uh, that's why I don't really care for negotiating. It's like, if they don't give me what I want, and that's 34 an hour plus the truck, you know, that's what I, anything less than that is not worth it, in my opinion. So, um, so we'll see. Nice. Um, what are you making right now? Uh, so right now I just got a raise um, to 29 an hour. Um, so it would be like a $5 raise, but I would also get a truck. So that's a major incentive as well. Oh, so would that be like a, a, a company truck that you, you're supposed to use just for the job? Um, well, yeah, I would be able to take it home. Um, probably not use it like much for personal but... take a take a uh, cross country <laughs> vacation <laughs> and you want to go to indiana again <laughs> don't gotta beat up my subaru anymore yeah well that's that's i think that's huge i think um because right. i look at for me if like if i were to have your job i would think the biggest downfall for me would be having to drive my car everywhere. Right. right. Um, you know, like when I worked at Domino's, um, you know, I was driving my car like everywhere. And um, eventually one night I was driving home from Domino's and I popped my tire and I had to take mom's car to Domino's. And, and from, so, you know, if you could, if you could get them to give you a car, um, I think that would be a huge upgrade over not having a car. For sure. Yeah. And they give you uh, a fuel card, which I've been using anyway, um, because I do drive my personal car. Um, 
but we the sites that we work they're not far they're only like 45 minutes away from home so we'll drive there and then i stay in the hotel which is so it's like a five minute drive every day um but then every friday uh my foreman steve lets me uh gives me the fuel card and i fill up my car so i'm not spending any money on gas but i am putting like a little bit of miles on my car but really not that much it's really only a 45 minute drive there and back plus like the 10 10 minute commute from the hotel to work so it's really not that bad um yeah. but uh this with this job um it would be in rain and mass and uh most of their jobs i'm assuming will be in you know massachusetts boston possibly new hampshire so that type of thing i i would definitely um i need a truck i'm not driving my personal car for that yeah so. cool wow those, uh, those be a couple nice upgrades um yeah either way though i mean even if it doesn't work out with them i'm still happy here and i'm i'll finish off the rest of uh my time here with this company which is totally fine um and I, I mean, I might even use it as leverage. I can, if I want to, you know, like I could be like, Hey, this company's offering me $5 more, $5 more than what I'm making now, plus a truck, you know? So, uh, it's either I'm leaving to go work with them or give me at least a truck, you know? So, yeah. but in either way though, it's only a couple more months. So it's not even that, that, that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, and did you say they were offering you a foreman position? Yeah, but um, so like I said, they typically uh, don't look at people with three and a half years, which is what I have for foreman. Um, but I, she did say that um, I could still ask for the same pay and a truck, but I could, I would still have a top hand title, and I wouldn't be a foreman, which is kind of unheard of, but. I told her like, if, if they don't give me that, I don't really care about the foreman thing. It's more just like the truck and the money. Um, so it's like, yeah, if it's unheard of, but that's what I want. And I know how the industry is and I know how desperate people are for employees. So I'm sure they would, uh, they might think about it at least. And I, the other thing is, is I did tell the recruiter um, that uh, if the manager is not willing to give me that, then I don't even want to interview with them. And then a couple of days later, they, she reached out to me saying the, um, the manager does want to interview with me. So that kind of, kind of tells me maybe they are considering it. So we'll see what they have to say in the interview. When's the interview? Uh, tomorrow. I scheduled it for 530. Nice. So hopefully I'm off work by that time. I haven't told uh, <laughs> um, anyone. So yeah, you could do it from the top of a cell tower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You probably have good reception. If you're... Yeah. it's. I think it's a, a video call. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like working at the same time. Hold on, I just got to rewire this thing. Over. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, how does this how does this company seem compared to the other one? Like more stable? Yeah, more stable. They're growing. Um, like I said, I kind of worked alongside them before, and uh, the guys that I worked with, the integrators, they're 
they're always great. Every time I saw their truck, the company truck there at our sites, I was like so thankful just because they were always on top of their game. You know, if we had like a bad integrator, um, it, it would make our lives miserable because they're the guys that are supposed to um, transfer everything over to the new stuff, you know, um, uh, remotely, which we, you know, it takes like an IT guy to understand that. So, you know, we rely on these guys heavily. And uh, so every time I saw these trucks, the center line, you know, I knew that they were good and on top of their game. And, uh, you know, they, they, I would talk to them. They would tell us that they're uh, a great tower company to work for as well um, on the tower side. So, um, and uh, yeah, I know they're a growing company and um, it seems like it, it's more unionized um so yeah it seems like um could be a good deal it could not and either way it's no big deal awesome yeah that's uh that sounds like uh like a good option um if if they decide to hire you um it's cool that you have like a little bit of leverage um yeah yeah it is it's not like you're desperate or anything it's you know kind of the opposite um, which is cool. Yeah. It allows me to kind of, you know, ask for more, um, you know, I, and I honestly don't care if they think I'm crazy for asking it. It's like, <laughs> it's like, all right, I'll just go to school, get a degree. And then pretty soon I'll be making more money than you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. How was that, uh, that, uh, fake tree that you worked in? Oh yeah. That was uh pretty cool. Um, it was cool to work on because so the branches pretty much it's uh the way you install it there's like all these pegs that go around the tower like these hollow steel pegs that are welded to the tower and so the branches kind of slide into those and uh so you pretty much and then there's a bolt that goes through the uh the steel peg and the uh and the branch and that pretty much holds it there so you just take the bolt out and then you pull the tree branch off. And then it's just like, once the tree branches are all gone, it's just like a bunch of these pegs. So it makes it a lot easier to kind of like uh, work your way around the tower, um, more places to put your feet, which was nice. Um, and then, so we had to, once we got done with the job, we had to re-camouflage it. Um, so we had to paint everything. We had to paint all the steel brown to make it look like the tree um, and then then we painted the antenna green to make it look like a, <laughs> like a giant, I don't know, leaf or something. So, so does this, when you drove up to it, could you tell it was not a tree? Like how, um, well, does, how well does it blend in? Well, I could tell it was not a tree just because it's you know, I yeah. knew what I was looking for. But, but would you have noticed if you were just like walking by it or driving by it? I don't know. If, if I didn't know what those were, I wouldn't have noticed it. I would have thought it was a real tree. Um, even though it was, it didn't really blend in with the others at all. And it was like, <laughs> it was super isolated uh, because the compound and everything, it was like, there's this giant, giant, you know, pine tree. And then there's just like a bunch of other like little oak trees and stuff next to it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool though. Like when we had to re-camouflage it, um, so like the branches we had to put them back on but like the branches some of it was like 
it would block the, the antenna so we, they, it wouldn't slide on there. So we had to like break off some of the branches and like make it fit. So like some of the antennas looked like they had branches like coming out of them. So like by the time we were done, it, re it really, you could not see it at all. You couldn't see any of our work. It was blended so good. And we sent the pictures to them and they were like, what is this? Like, where is the site? <laughs> so it was cool, but it was definitely a pain in the ass putting the branches back on. Um, I had to like, so I was in the lift and uh, our guy Nate was on the ground and then Steve was in the tree. Um, so I would bring, I put like four branches in the, in the lift with me, go up and then I would slide it off the lift and then Steve would grab it and slide it onto the, uh, onto the peg. Um, it's, it sounds easier said than done. It was, it was hard, but, uh, yeah, it was, I, I, I wouldn't want to do that, you know, every job, but it was cool to, you know, do it just to say that I finally did that. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, how common are those things? Um, it, it's more common here. Um, where in like the Midwest, you wouldn't really see them or, uh, you know, places where there's more forest, um, you typically see them more. So they're not okay. that common. No, I, I mean, it, I don't see them very often. That's for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, that's cool that you, uh, worked on that. Um, Looking, Luke is staring at me. I'm trying to wow. decode if you want if you want something or not. Um. Uh. So that's that's cool that you um that you have a couple options uh there. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> is your uh, is your work with your current job going okay? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, it's just so a bunch of guys just left. Um, the other crews, they they found a different, they found a better, uh, opportunity pretty much where they can start their own little company and they would be their own contractors. Um, they got, I guess they got hired directly from this company that's, and, um, so they jumped ship. It was like four or five guys that just left, didn't give their two weeks notice or anything. Didn't even finish the job that they were on. Um, so that happened and then so like those guys like the other crews they're all like family and they all know each other so now the other crew is like about to leave and join them too so um i can kind of just see this company kind of just going under the water right now um we just hired a guy that was supposed to start with our crew because um nate and i are both leaving so they're trying to like replace us and they just hired this guy that was supposed to start last monday and uh, he didn't even show up. <laughs> um, he uh, didn't even call in, nothing. Uh, until like the end of the day at like 4.30, he texted our boss saying that he, he like, <laughs> it was some weird excuse that he was probably just high or something. And <laughs> uh, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense at all, whatever he said. <laughs> and it's just like, that's why I'm getting out of this industry, you know? Yeah. Um, if it doesn't work out with this other company, then yeah, I'm, I'm just going to finish my time here and get out. Yeah. Um, 
34 an hour is pretty good. Yeah. Plus overtime. Yeah. So it would be, yeah, it would be a good amount of money. I make pretty good money now. Um, you do. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, 34 plus a car is like a, a really good deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> paying for gas and driving, that's yeah. you know, like 90% of your life. Um, yeah. On, I mean, you know what I mean? It, that's a big yeah. part of that's yeah. that's the work. That's how do you that's how you make the money. So if you can not have to pay for that, eliminate that expense, that's huge, I think. That's like, you know, I'll take uh I'll take a pay cut for a truck. Oh yeah. Uh, but, but you might you might get a pay raise in a truck. But I would rather get a pay raise than a truck, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Um so you said you've been watching the playoffs? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been watching all the Celtics games. Um, that's uh, pretty uh, – have you been watching those games? Yeah. Pretty good, pretty good games. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the Celtics are the favorite. I got to say it. Yeah. Um, I just don't – the way that they were able to shut down KD is just insane. And the fact that they can do that to KD, you know, um, but the Nets, they're just not a very good team. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty plain and simple. Um, Steve Nash is a horrible coach. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, they're getting out coached. Like he's, you know, um, and I think that's why they're that's why the Celtics are winning the series. You know, I think it, I think the Nets, you know, they're probably they have the best players in the in the league, but uh, you know, when it comes down to like crucial moments when the team needs to be coached, they're way better. So, uh, so why do you say that about Steve Nash? Um, I just think it just the lack of adjustments that he makes and um, he doesn't seem like he, he seems like he's just more there for like moral support. Um, and it's just like the lack of the lack of like foundation that it seems like they play with, you know, they, it seems like they play like very sporadic at times. Um, yeah. Whereas like with the Celtics, every time like the nets make a run they they just they don't care like they just stay calm and they they stay in control and it's like Ime doesn't even have to call a timeout half the time you know he just lets the team play um and i don't you know and then it's just like the total opposite um you know he's not able to it doesn't it seems like they're struggling to uh, make plays for KD to get open shots, you know, and uh, it's been like three games now and there's still like no solution for it. So I think it's definitely something that Nash is doing for sure. I just don't, I just don't think he's a very good coach, but yeah. then again, you know, the Nets, uh, they didn't want a coach, you know, um, they didn't want someone like Ime. They wanted someone to kind of just, let Kyrie and KD do whatever they want. So, 
Yeah, yeah, they got to, yeah. Um, so they got to kind of, once they got Katie and Kyrie, they kind of decided who they wanted to come along with them, um, which also included, um, uh, what's his name? Who's that big guy? Um, that, you, no, the guy they had that oh, you spent yeah. on the Clippers. Oh, um. Uh, DeAndre Jordan. Oh yeah, yeah, DeAndre. So, so, so when they first came together, they were like, "KD, I forget who it was if it was KD or Kyrie, but they were like, I'm not coming unless DeAndre Jordan comes.' And like, he was a washed up, he was washed yeah. up at that point, and yeah. he was making a lot of money. But it it just it goes to show it's like they're pretty much running the show, you know, yeah. like whoever wants to be part of the team, um, whoever they want to be part of the team, whoever they want to be the coach, you know, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so instead of letting like the experts, you know, decide like people who actually, you know, make player management decisions as they're living, they're letting Kyrie and KD make decisions, um, which that stuff normally doesn't work, work out. And you can even look at the Lakers to see yeah, when you let when you let players make um, uh, decisions on who's going to be on the team that they usually don't know what they're doing. Um, so yeah, their, their team, you know, if they did, if they did have Joe Harris and Ben Simmons, um, that would definitely be a help for them. Um, you know, they're, they're extremely small. They're, they often yeah. play with, with, basically three small players on the court yep. um that, which usually ends up where one of them has to guard either tatum or brown um which is just a huge mismatch um and um so it, it, harris would help and then you have simmons who um who knows what's going on with him apparently he wants to play game four game four yeah. which is funny because his his first game of the whole season <laughs> might be the last game I, of the season he's a joke <laughs> it's like really he couldn't play game three did you, you know? see his outfit yeah wow <laughs> it, like, it looked like it looked like the other guys were embarrassed to be next to him <laughs> It looked so uncomfortable. Like he was just squeezed in there and his little like yeah. fit and yeah. his glasses. He just looked <laughs> he looked so like I don't know, he wasn't like interacting with anyone. It just didn't look comfortable. Yeah. It doesn't look like, it, it doesn't look like they have good chemistry. Um no. No, you know, they're they're still trying to figure out what they're doing. They're still trying to figure out a system and it's like it's too late for that. Yeah, you know, yeah. playoff. They're yeah. And I watched like Steve. This is what I'm saying about Steve Nash. Is like I watched his uh, post game and interview, and it's like he's just making excuses. He's talking about like Kyrie fasting, and he's he's tired. <laughs> and Jalen Brown is fasting. I think. Yeah, Jalen Brown's fasting. He doesn't have a problem. <laughs> um, and he's talking about KD's tired, and like it's like that. Those are those are things that like shouldn't hey, have. Well, may, may, maybe you shouldn't have played him. 44 minutes a game during the regular yeah, season. That's, that's true. Yeah, Durant played a lot, a lot of minutes. Um, he's clearly tired. I think clearly. he's tired. He's yeah, there's something wrong with him. Yeah, he's either, he's either injured or tired. 
I think it's it's got to be a, a combination of things. I think he's in his own head. I think he's tired. Um, you know, once you're, I think once you're like physically kind of out of the game, I think that's when you start, you're mentally start getting out of the game, you know, because he's so used to dominating. He's not, I don't think he's ever like been in this situation where he's been shut down like this. Um, so he's not used to having to rely on other aspects of the game. You know, like last uh, game three, he was trying to be more of like a facilitator, and, uh, you know, which was great, but that's not what they needed. So he's yeah. clearly he's not playing, you know, within the game. He's playing in his own head and he's thinking like, OK, this game, I need to do this. Whereas, you know, just playing the game yeah. um, and it's just clear, you know, he's he doesn't have an ex that uh, Tatum blocked. He did. Uh, got in game two and then last night he had a block that was a foul but yeah. it was, he did block it though yeah. he did block the shot yeah uh, so <laughs> you, i mean that was a part of katie's greatness is not being able to block his shot so yeah yeah um it, i mean i i think uh jason tatum is showing you know that he's uh one of the greatest players right now too Oh yeah. Um, it's it's really fun right now to watch for sure. Yeah. They're they do look dominant. And you know, Kate I was look I've looked I've seen pictures of KD and obviously watching him play. He he is so his body is so stri- strange in terms of he is so skinny. Like his arms, like when he stands next to Tatum, like his legs and his arms are so skinny in comparison. And like you look at his legs, like sometimes he'll like be in like a defensive stance, and his legs like move like in a way that seems like they shouldn't be moving. Like they'll move like inwards. And he'll do yeah. this when he shoots sometimes too. His legs like move in. Yeah. And it's like it just doesn't seem right. And you know, part of me wonders like how how long his body can hold up for because yeah. it just it does like it doesn't seem like a body that would hold up that would age well you know he's not like a lebron who could probably play into his 40s yeah because he has the best body but kd is like these little twig arms and little twig legs and yeah and he already had uh what, he tore his acl right yeah That's what it was. yeah i think so yeah yeah. So, um, yeah, I heard this um, interesting thing about James Harden in uh, <laughs> in Kyrie Irving. I heard Kyrie and, and James Harden would, would play one on one, like during practice, <laughs> and then Kyrie would like trash talk James Harden, like saying like you're washed up and like you're a scrub, <laughs> and I guess that's why James Harden like wanted a trade and like got up or part of the reason at least why he didn't enjoy playing there um so it just like i mean it just goes to show how their chemistry is not great and kyrie is obviously a head case and ben ben simmons seems to be a head case and (laughs) You know, yeah, and it's just their team is just not really a team. It's just these pieces that are put together. Um, 
but like you you have to look at too you know Kyrie's decision to not play over half the games you know that doesn't help either in terms of his own conditioning and as well as the team chemistry there's um as well as them having a seven seed right i just i have a hard time believing that uh Kyrie's teammates playing with him um <clears throat> i think the reason he was successful in cleveland is because he had lebron and uh, lebron was the leader and he was able to bring out the best in Kyrie, but you know, when he went to Boston, you know, we saw it is just the guys didn't like playing with him eventually over time. And uh, clearly there's something there. I, I think, I think it's clear. And I think Katie even might realize it too. You know, maybe that's could be a part of his issue um, is he's realizing it was a mistake to team up with Kyrie. Um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to play with someone like that. No. Um, he just, he decide he picks and chooses when he wants to play. Um, even in the game when he's playing, he, he'll quit. Yeah. And um, I just, I have a hard time believing his teammates enjoy playing with him. And I don't think he's going to find any success if he doesn't say, you know what, you know, maybe I do need to be led. Maybe I do need to be coached and someone needs to like bring the best out of me because you know, he's great, but he's really, you know, he, it's easy to jack up a bunch of shots and some nights they're going to go in, but you know, last night was not one of those nights and uh, you can't just rely on that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, game one, he was great. Um, mm -hmm. Game two, he, he didn't show up at all. Like he didn't shoot. He didn't do anything. Like no. he just was non-existent, and it's like, how do you how do you become a completely different player from one game to the next? And you know, maybe maybe you look at you know he's used to playing like once or twice a week and resting up because um, that's what he did the whole season. And you know, now maybe now he has to play more often. Maybe now he's more tired. I don't know, but like he just seems like a um like. You know, with the whole like the flat earth thing and, you know, stuff like that he is he's it doesn't seem like his focus is is basketball. And, you know, he's obviously extremely talented, um, probably, you know, maybe one of the top five talented players in the game in terms of his shooting and his his ball handling. But like he just seems awfully distracted and. Yeah. You know, even if you look at what happened game one with the fans, like he was totally bothered by that. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. You know, and he had a good game one, but look at what happened to him game two. You know, um, you know, someone, someone that's, you know, gets that bothered by the fans. And just like, you know, it's one thing, like, if a fan says something like, that they shouldn't say that's really offensive. You know, there's one thing to get mad at like an isolated fan, mm -hmm. but to just get mad at fans, like booing you, like that just shows that, you know, you're, you're just not mentally really ready to, you know, play playoff basketball. You know, he's obviously distracted or unhappy or, or whatever, but 
you know, he's, he's probably not the, like you said, he's probably not the best teammate to play for. And he, you know, his, his off the court stuff and him as a teammate is probably a big reason why Brooklyn's um, not being as successful as they could be. Yeah. I, I think that's what it is. I mean, I don't know, but just based off what happened with the Celtics and just watching their team chemistry get totally destroyed while he was there and watching them now and just seeing how unhappy KD seems and just like the lack of enthusiasm, um, you know, there's just no, the energy toward win. there's no energy, you know, toward winning. It's all focused, like you said, like toward the fans you know that i that that's a problem uh you're yeah he can say what he wants you know he can say like oh the it doesn't bother him or whatever it clearly does because <laughs> wouldn't be responding like that you know and yeah. then he and then he's he doesn't want to answer questions about it it's like man you were flipping off the fans you know in the middle of a game of course the media is going to ask you questions <laughs> And I just, yeah, I don't, I don't enjoy watching NBA players like that, you know, who just, they're not in it for winning, you know, that's the whole point is to win and they're not, you know, they get paid all the, all this money and, you know, um, that's why I have such an, I'm so glad that the Celtics are the way they are, you know, I'm glad that I'm able to watch a team that is, uh, you know, cause I, you know, it's, yeah, it's nice that the Celtics are like that, you know, um, the way they play team basketball, they're coached well, they, they give into the system, everyone has a role, everybody, what I noticed is that ever since, um, you know, they started playing so well, it's like, you notice that all the players, they play within their role, and they, it's like they, their strengths are brought out more, and um, Daniel Tice has been yeah. amazing. He, he, that's not the same player we saw last year. No. Or, well, he was yeah. asked to do more, um, play outside mm-hmm. his role, like you said. And now he has like a couple things he has to do, and he can focus on that and do it well. Yeah. And he's doing it well. And I, that was huge. Uh, I think I think he, him, and Al Horford. Um, I think they're two of the reasons that the Celtics won those three games two games without Rob and then Rob came back, but um, Al Horford uh, is huge. I mean, he, he made, uh, there was game two, game one. He, I think he had uh, 20 points, 15 rebounds. And then game two, he had a huge three when they were down by 17. Uh, The Nets were making a huge run. And then Al Horford made a three and then that brought the Celtics back in the game. And then last night he had a corner three. Yeah. It was like the only three he had. It was, it, was, first, it was his first basket of the game. Yeah. And it was such a big shot. And it's like, you know, you forget this guy's playing sometimes. Yeah. And, yeah. and, that, that? and that was off a, a Tatum assist. And, it, yeah. you know, it shows how much Tatum has grown too. Cause yeah. you know, Tatum's yeah. passing is like incredible now. His game has evolved immensely. Uh, throughout this year and it was just that one thing just his just his selfishness and he fixed it and now he's playing out of his world (laughs) yes i didn't even notice he had 39 points last night i know 
it, he's been doing that every game. It's like it's he's not doing anything too spectacular, but he's making his shots and uh, he's being yeah, he's being he's passing the ball more in the right situations, but he's also taking the right shots. Um, nothing's forced. He's still he's had a couple. There's been a couple times where I yeah. noticed that he seems frustrated yep. and he did affect him, especially yep. on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm sure he knows that. I'm sure he knows like when they watch film or whatever, but yeah, that's just a part of being a young player and he's clearly growing and maturing and it's just a matter of time. Um, I think next year, I mean, years to come, he's going to be a top in, uh, MVP candidate. Oh yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, especially with the Celtics playing so well, like, yeah, yeah Jalen Brown will be an all-star and he'll be MVP candidate. I think if I'm glad that this is finally working out because this team, you know, they, we saw the potential before and it's like, if they just stick together, you know, and finally it's, it's being proven that it works. And, you know, I think they got the right coach and I think they're playing within the system now and, I don't think there's a team that can beat them. I think the only team that they can, that can beat them is themselves, which, you know, it it seems like they're consistently, you know, dodging adversity in the games. You know, they're always making runs when they need to Um, getting back in the games when they need to. And so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, They're going to win this, this round and uh, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I had a I had a thought yesterday, uh, and this isn't gonna happen. But I was thinking, like, what if what if Ben Simmons came back and like he has like a huge game four, and he, he has a huge like rest of the series, and he like leads the Nets to the like a four three win over the Celtics, and then he goes on and leads the Nets to the championship. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like it's not gonna happen, but. That'd be crazy if a player came back at literally the the very last game when their season yep. was on the line and just led them like to a championship. Um, yeah. It's not gonna happen, obviously. <laughs> but, he like he totally fixed his shot and everything. He's like, just nailing threes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, I I mean I don't know I I I honestly don't see it being a help with Ben Simmons, maybe defensively, I could definitely see that, but offensively, um, I don't see that being much of a help with if he, he, I mean, he still can't shoot. Um, you can put him, you know, in the low post, but then you're going to clog the lane and yeah, I just, I don't know, but it'll help them defensively. Um, but now we got Rob back, you know, and now he's, I'm glad they played him for uh, game three with the limited minutes. That's what I thought they were going to do. And now he's, now he's good to go. Hopefully he's uh, hopefully they don't need him much, but I mean, I still want to see him get minutes just because after an injury, you don't want him to get like stiffened up or anything. So hopefully he can kind of like get into a good rhythm before the next series. So by then he's ready to go. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I think having Rob back that just, uh, that just closes the door pretty much. I don't think there's anything Ben Simmons can do. No. Um, yeah, and you can't you can't play Ben Simmons with Drummond or uh, Claxton. He has no. to him and him or KD has to play the five on def on defense. 
because just because of Simmons, the way he plays, um, you know, like you said, he would clock, clog the lane if you had someone like Drummond out there as well. So, um, but he will help on defense. Um, so we'll see. Um, you know, it's he hasn't played in forever. He'll probably be on a minutes restriction. Um, so he probably won't even have that big of an impact. Um, but Rob Williams, uh, he did look good. I just wanted him to be finish the game healthy. That's like I know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I didn't even care if the Celtics won last night. Like I just wanted to see Rob Williams, you know, finish healthy. And he looked good. He, he looked very springy. And um, you know, he's jumping high and catching lobs and you know he gives that he gives them that dynamic that they don't have um that lob threat and that shot blocker um, they did they uh tatum tried to throw throw a lob to uh tice and it like went <laughs> off the backboard yeah he's like oh i thought you were rebel <laughs> there's a couple times where tice it's like, man, if if only that was Rob Williams, yeah, that would yeah. fuck right there. But Tice, I got it. You got to give him credit, though. He did everything that he could. Yeah. Now he yeah. tried. He did yeah. good. He held his own. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Brad Stevens, those trades, Tice and oh. um. Derek White. Like Derek. Derek White's, you know, not playing a lot of minutes, but he's he's a good backup point guard. Um. I don't know if he's good asked, yeah. yeah. He, he had a really good uh, pass to Tatum yesterday. Um, that was a huge play. And uh, I don't know if you remember, it was a full court pass. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. And, that was cool. You know, they, they put in all these players and it's like, at least they all make at least one, you know, big play. Yeah. Pink Richard, Derek White, you put them all in there and they're all going to make at least one big play. Grant Williams, Daniel Tice. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, they have like eight or nine really good players who, like you said, they may know their role so well. Um, like Derek White, like if Derek White was starting and playing 35 minutes, you, you'd see his flaws and you'd be like, oh, he can't shoot, you know. Um, but playing 15, 20 minutes where he can just play defense and make some nice passes, it's like, wow, yeah. he looks good. Maybe make a three. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, and Pritchard playing 15 20 minutes you know it's so I think they're playing him whenever Kyrie's out I think they put in Pritchard so he doesn't have to play defense on Kyrie I think yeah um but it works out perfectly because then Pritchard comes in and he's just nailing threes yeah and you know that's a dynamic that Derek White doesn't give you but Pritchard does yeah um and then Grant Williams like he looks amazing um yeah. I don't know what happened to him but oh. Like he's, he looks like one of the best role players in the league. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's only getting better. Yeah. Like he was making really good plays, like even defensively, like he, he, he just looks really good and he's confident with his shot. Fundamental. And yeah. Yeah. He just, yeah. He looks every single player in the rotation now looks really good. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. It's yeah. amazing the transformation that has taken place. And, you know, it might be it might be as simple as uh, Tatum just taking that extra step, becoming more of a facilitator to just get everything to, you know, work more efficiently. Um, because I think Tatum has definitely taken a step and um, towards being a real superstar 
And, um, you know, I think hopefully we're going to continue to see that throughout the playoffs, you know, him basically showing everyone that he's a top five, maybe player in the league, um, you know, and he, he just turned 24, I think, um, you know, so it makes sense that he was still developing, you know, even recently still getting better. Um, but he's, he's got everything like his, his size, his, his strength, his athleticism and his shooting. And now you take into account his playmaking too. And I don't, I don't know how, like you could even create like a better basketball player than I know. Jason Tatum. Like he's, he's almost a perfect player right now. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he's your ultimate wing. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, he has, he has not quite the length that Kevin Durant does, but he has, uh, the body, um, yeah. that Durant doesn't have and yep. the athleticism he has, he has everything. Um, you know, I, I think, I think he is the ultimate wing player. Um, you look at a guy like LeBron, he's, he's huge, but he wasn't really a great shooter. Um, I think Tatum's a better shooter. Um, you know, and he's solidified himself as a two-way player. Um, his defense has improved so much. And uh, that's, I think Kevin Durant lacks that too. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to compare them, but I think Durant is the closest to Dur- uh, Tatum um, in terms of like a win- your ultimate wing player. Yep. So, yeah, I-, I would definitely say so. I think that is your ultimate player is just like, he needs to work out a couple minor, you know, things, um, which he is. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, they, it's amazing how good they've become. Um, you know, it, I mean, to like in the first half of the season, um, uh, when they were, I think 17 and 19, like they actually were like playing decently. Um, like their record wasn't great, but they had a pretty good, um, I think, uh, point differential and they were losing like a lot of close games. Yeah. Um, which is why their record wasn't good. Um, but they're finishing games now, like game one, that's a game they would have lost in the first half of the season, um, where they were blowing, uh, leads in the fourth quarter. Um, so to, you know, to win that game one, I thought was huge, you know, just to show, just to show themselves that they can win a close game and, you know, not blow a lead and they're getting better each game. They were better in game two and they were even better in game three. And, um, like they're scary. Like, like, it's crazy. What was, what was so scary or what was so amazing to me about that game winner is that they didn't call a timeout. Yeah. Uh, he may trusted his players to make the right decision. And uh, the fact that they were able to come through with it, the fact that they were able to make up that play, um, that, that had to have been a major, major confidence boost for them. And like you said, that just, they proved to themselves that they can finish games and they don't even need to call a timeout. You know, (laughs) they they really just need to trust each other. Um, That play, I, I kind of I watched it several several times, and Durant's defense was awful. <laughs> Durant, yeah, no, he wasn't watching Tatum. 
No, he was because he, he, he's he thought Marcus yeah. Smart was going to shoot. Right. So he was like, he, whatever. <laughs> yep. And that's the thing. Like he, he, it's just like basic things like that. And and then on top of that, when he did start driving, Durant should have collapsed into the paint. Instead, he just stood there, you know. And if he did that, he would have at least deflected the pass. But he didn't even do that. And not even that. He was supposed to be watching Tatum because he yeah. switched, switched on Tatum. That was the guy. And then Tatum literally just walked right behind him. <laughs> there was still almost four seconds left when Marcus Smart got the ball. Yeah, yeah. That, like that was a... Yeah. Um, and Marcus Smart has gotten so much better at not taking those crazy threes. Yeah. Um, like he still does. He'll he'll take threes, but he'll take them at more opportune opportunistic times. Um, like he used to jack so many threes, and a lot a lot of them were unnecessary and not very good in terms of timing. Um, but it shows how much he's grown as well as a player to turn down a shot like that with only a couple seconds left in the game. And to drive and to look for someone to pass to, um, you know, he used to, he just used to be so, I think he felt the need to shoot a yeah. lot more in the past. He's like, he's like, well, you know, our offense isn't very good. I gotta, I gotta make the shot. Whereas now he's a lot more willing to pass because he's confident that his pass will lead to a basket. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's happening to all of them. They all have confidence in each other now, and they didn't have that before. It's like something happened in the middle of the season where they all of a sudden they're just like, hey, uh, you can shoot, so I'll pass it to you now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's – I was really hoping Marcus wouldn't shoot that because, you know, it's I've seen it so many times where we need a big shot and Marcus, you know, he's uh, – I would say he's the leader of this team, at least defensively. And it seemed like he tried to carry the load offensively too, a lot of times. And uh, he realized he doesn't need to do that. So um, the fact that he had the patience, that's something too. I mean, the clock is going down. Um, the fact that he was able to stay so poised throughout that whole play. I mean, all of them, Jalen Brown, uh, that that too uh Jalen Brown could have you know dribbled it out waited for the last second taking the shot um he kicked it to smart and then there's like what three four seconds that was a great up fake got past those guys and then I thought he was gonna do like a floater or something yeah, yeah. I was like there's no time to pass it and then he <laughs> like what and then I didn't think Tatum was gonna get it off in time yeah um, it was just amazing timing. That whole play was just perfectly timed. It was didn't, didn't leave any, didn't leave a fraction second on the clock. It was just perfect. And yeah, needed that, you know, and, um, so it worked out great. It did. Um, I heard, I don't know if Tatum said this or what, but I heard Tatum, the reason why he broke to the basket was because he thought Marcus Smart was going to shoot. So, Smart was gonna shoot. Yeah, so he yeah. went to go get the rebound. Yeah, everyone thought he was going to shoot. He's like, oh, might as well go get the rebound. And yep. then 
you know, that the next thing you know, he's getting the ball. But that was a very interesting like play, the pass by Marcus Smart, because Kyrie you know, had a beat on the on that pass. Yeah. And he missed it. But Marcus Smart, it was, it was almost like um like uh, a quarterback like Tom Brady. Uh, one thing that he's really good at is if if a if a receiver is going to get hit, he'll throw the ball like behind him. Right. So the so the receiver has to like slow down and he won't get hit as bad. And that's like almost what Marcus Smart did was like he noticed Kyrie was like right there. So he threw the ball like behind Tatum. Yeah. Which which um allowed the ball to get to Tatum and he was still able to catch it and then he made that crazy move. It's like yeah. It's almost like once in a lifetime play where where you catch the ball like that and it takes you right into a spin yeah into a layup and it's, that was it, to win the game it was crazy it was too perfect it was, it was <laughs> the way it played out was too perfect and the timing was too perfect they didn't leave any time on the clock for them uh it was crazy and then uh yeah um that was a great play but i i mean kd's defense is just horrible and it's been horrible um <laughs> Yeah, and I noticed there's there's been a lot of plays down the stretch. The Nets, it seems like they just give up on defense, and they end up being really key plays. Um, there was that one in Game Two where the Celtics were down by four, I think, and there was like a 45 seconds left or something, not much time left. I forget how much time was left, but the Celtics got like a super easy layup, and. Uh, that brought them within one and oh, then that was Jalen Brown, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jalen Brown got that really easy layup <laughs> yeah. and it was like, what are they doing? They just gave up the easiest basket with yep. crucial. crucial <laughs> and, and then they won the game. Um, so it's, yeah, they're not well coached. I think um, they, they have no like foundation of, you know, um where to start you know it's like they just play yeah um, yeah so clearly the better team is winning which yes. um, you know that's what i expected i expected it to be the celtics um but at the same time it was kd and Kyrie. so i guess the celtics are just they you know they're just proving us that they are you know the best defense and that they can take down anyone so yeah um what do you think what do you think of blake griffin last night uh <laughs> I, it was great to see um i feel bad for him honestly yeah i feel horrible for him um yeah well you know I, he is making a lot of money i know i know, I know. <laughs> horrible for him like in this <laughs> So he's making a lot of money to get a front row seat at Brooklyn Nets basketball games. Very envious of him. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't feel bad for him, but nice. yeah, no, he, uh, it was good to see him last night. It, it was good to see him play and uh, made a couple of huge shots. It kind of freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> it's like, no, so he made two threes, right? Yep. And then, um, so that was Rob Williams guy and I, I love Rob Williams, but the one thing that frustrates me is that 
if he's guarding a perimeter guy, he'll leave him. Like, yeah, I feel like way too easy. And, th- and then he'll try to recover. Yeah. Sleep. So yeah. Blake Griffin literally just made two threes in a row. Yep. And then the next position, Rob Williams is like, like went running. Like, I don't even know where he went. He went running somewhere, leaving him wide open again. I'm like, <laughs> he just made two threes. And yeah. uh, luckily he I, missed it. But I don't know if that was, I don't know if that's a part of their game plan. It must have been, you know, yeah. pretty much let Blake Griffin beat us. <laughs> no, let yeah. him, don't let Kyrie or KD shoot though. Yeah. Um, maybe that was their game plan, but yeah, no, I was, I couldn't believe it on that third three. He was wide open. I couldn't believe yeah. that. I was like, no, don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but did you see what the Celtics were doing on offense? They were uh, just term- target. They were just targeting him. Oh yeah. No, I know. Um, Jalen Brown. He did make a couple decent plays. Um, but yeah, no Brown, if he, he might make one or two good plays, but if you keep attacking him like that, he's going to shut down. Yeah. You know, he started, he got really, really tired really quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, that's the thing, you know, everyone's like, Oh, put Marcus Aldridge in, put Blake Griffin in. Yeah. It's like, all right, he might, you know, make a couple of shots, but he's such a defensive liability. Yes. Um, and then it's the same, kind of the same thing with, uh, Ben Simmons. Yeah. In terms of offense, well, in terms offense, of offense. Yeah. Like, it might help you on defense, but I mean, I guess that's where, you know, you gotta, you gotta play them all. And, um, so they can all complement their strengths. You know, that's what the Celtics do. Um, you know, uh, like we were saying, Peyton Pritchard might not be able to play great defense, but that's why we got Derek white Yeah, and Derek white <laughs> be able to make shots, but that's why we got Peyton Pritchard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, they're very well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I can't, I can't even think of how a basketball team could it be any better like they're just like a perfect team um like i guess maybe their shooting could be a little better but i mean that's a small a small thing Uh, overall their team their team is playing as well as like i've ever really seen a basketball team play i think yeah um uh i i think so too and i think uh a lot of it has to do with Ime, um, players finally playing their roles. But, you know, I, I think we did see it, though. I think we saw the potential that the team had. Yeah. Um, and this is going to be a team, if they stick together, I think it's going to change, you know, it's going to change history um, in a way, you know, because this, this is a coach's team. And right now they're blowing through the league. So if if they don't take note that, Hey, if you play within your system and, you know, if you hire a good head coach, play within the system, you're going to win. Um, yeah. So, and now the Celtics are going to be the team to beat. Clearly you can't beat them with the players team, like the nets. So, you know, it, it could be a type of thing that kind of like changes uh, the way the NBA is, you know, with the way players are, uh, you know, um, the way coaches are kind of becoming obsolete, it might kind of bring coaches back. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Like you look at a team like the Raptors, who might not be the most talented team, but they're a very well coached team and they play as a team. And, you know, they're what, a five seed or, yeah, they're, they're a five seed. And yep. 
there's not a big difference talent wise, I don't think, between like them and like the Hornets. But they're a lot more successful, like because of what you said, they have a great coach and they have a great system. And um, that leads to winning more basketball games. Um, You know, just like the Celtics, they they're a much better team than the Nets, even though, you know, the Nets might have the two best players in the series. The Celtics are just so much better coached. Um, They have better role players um, and they have a system that the entire team is bought into. Um, so I agree. Um, you could even look at a team like the Grizzlies. Um, the Grizzlies yeah, don't have a, they don't have a bunch of superstars. Um, they have one superstar, um, but they have a system and they have role players that play their roles and great coaching. And that's why they're one of the best teams in the league. They're, um, they're successful even when John Morant isn't playing. They're, so. they're more successful when John Morant's not playing. Oh, uh, yeah. Grizzlies they, are doing right. They were like 19 and three or something without John Morant this year. Yeah, it's crazy. And then uh, <clears throat> the Mavericks too, they uh, they were able to stay in that series without uh, Luca. And then, um, I mean, they're a little different, I guess, but they got yeah. Luca back now. I'm not sure if they're, they lost that game. They, they lost by one. So- so it's 2-2. Two, two. So, yeah, I mean, that's another team, too. They were able to stay in a series without their best player. And look who they had. Uh, Dinwiddie, you know, guys like that. <laughs> There's no super. Yeah. Um, it's good to see teams like that succeeding because I would much rather watch that type of basketball than, you know, what the Nets do. It's just not fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, speaking of the Mavericks, like, they became successful this year when they got rid of Porzingis, who was like supposed to be like an, you know another superstar. But once they just focused on being a team and the system, that's when they became successful. So, you know, you you, you probably need like one superstar, like a, a Doncic or a Tatum. But if yeah. you surround them with really good quality role players and a good coaching staff. That seems to be what's leading to success these days. So I think we uh, talked about it before, but I was just thinking about uh, the comparison or uh, who would you take um, to win a series? The uh, 07, 08 Celtics or this present team? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Who would, you, who, who would you take the way the, the way the Celtics are playing right, right now? Who would you take? that's hard i really i i don't know um very similar teams um defense oriented um i'd love to see the the rondo marcus smart matchup i know pierce and tatum (laughs) brown and Um, allen then allen kg and rob williams um (laughs) Tyson Perk. <laughs> Tyson Perk. <laughs> wow. Or Al Horford and Perk. Oh, Al Horford. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That would be amazing. Um, yeah. I don't know. And that that team, too, they had a lot of good role players who knew their role. They had Eddie House, you know, yep. not a three-point shooter. James yep. Pope, defensive specialist. Um, yep. 
and you know guys like Liam Poe just energy guys but they you know kind of like a Grant Williams um yeah it's very similar all-around team and I don't know I honestly don't know uh I think I think this present team is more talented but uh they're, they're both defenses are incredible. Yeah, they're two of the best defensive teams in NBA history. Um, I don't know. It'd be fun to watch. It would be very fun to watch. <laughs> I don't know who. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. It's. I would. I would say the 0708 just because they had. Uh, you know, they were a little more experienced, but this team too is pretty experienced. Um, I think Tatum and Brown probably have seen, you know, the same amount of playoff experience that Pierce and KG did at that yeah. point. Yeah, that's a good point. Probably just about the same in terms of that. But I think, uh, I think I would have to take this team, honestly. Um, I think defensively, I think, they're better. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that defense was really, really good too. Uh, I, I could see like Marcus Smart trying to guard KG and it would just be <laughs> thing to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they, they had like a different type of defense because it was like anchored by Garnett and Perkins. Right. It was more anchored like down low, whereas this defense is, I think, more perimeter oriented and based off based on switching and everyone being able to switch with Marcus Smart being like, you know, your best defender. Um, so that it really would be an incredible defense. And like you said, some of the switches, like seeing different matchups like Marcus Smart on like KG or Perk or like Al Horford on like Rondo. Uh, that'd be fun to see. Yeah. I wish we could simulate that somehow. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, um, when did Marcus Smart join the Celtics? Was that 2015? Um, I want to say 2013. Because I was wondering how big of a gap there was between Pierce leaving and Marcus Smart joining the team because, like, they were pretty close. They were pretty close together, right? When so Smart 14 15, 2014. When did Paul Pierce leave? Might have been after the 11 12 season. Paul Pierce left. 11 or uh, 12, 13. <clears throat> so two years. Or there's the one, there's a one year gap. Okay. Well, it's, it's, so I was just thinking it was interesting that there's a current Celtic that like almost bridges the gap to that, you know, era of Pierce Garnett and yeah. Allen. I know. I, I think about that too. Uh, Marcus Smart, I think, He's uh he's been on the team for a while now. Um, it's it's nice seeing a guy kind of stick with our team, you know, kind of like uh kind of like a Paul Pierce, you know. We got to watch him throughout his whole career, and then uh, now we got Marcus Smart. Um, yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, that was a 
seems like a really good signing by Stevens to give him that extension. I know and people didn't want it. People didn't want him to do it. Yeah. Um, I think, I think he's, I don't, he's obviously not more talented than Kyrie Irving, but right. I definitely rather have Marcus Smart on my team than Kyrie Irving. Oh, all day long, all day long. Yeah. I, I mean, I would rather have, I would, I would rather have a stick. <laughs> <laughs> but like, even if you just look in terms of basketball, like, Take the yeah. off the court stuff out. Yeah. He's, I think he's, in terms of what he does, I think he's almost as valuable as a basketball player as Kyrie in terms of his defense and his leadership. If you break it down, I'm sure you, I mean, if you really break down the numbers, what he, what Marcus Smart does defensively and how many stops he gets. Yeah. And that's, I'm talking like deflections and even just, just, all- just, and the fact that he can guard anyone, yeah, and as a point guard, changing offenses, you know, just the yeah. way he's able to manip- manipulate an offense. Yeah, um, imagine if Kyrie was asked to do defensively what Marcus Smart does; it, he couldn't even come close to doing it. And and Smart, if you think about it, you know, he still gets you your thirteen points, and then he yeah. still gets six assists. So that that's yeah, twenty five, maybe thirty points worth offensively, right there. Yep. And that's not including, you know, the possessions that he saves on defense, you know, and the shots that he alters, the steals, the deflections, all that stuff, the charges. Yeah, the leadership. Overs, leadership, all that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I would take a guy like Marcus Smart over over Kyrie any day, any day. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's incredible. Um, yeah, I... I I don't. I don't know who I take in a in a matchup between the current Celtics and the OA Celtics. Um, I think. I think it might go seven. I mean, you can't have. You can't really give one team home court advantage um, because they're both from Boston. Um, so I guess I don't know who the fans would root for, but like. <laughs> I don't know who I would root for. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can simulate that soon with some of our technology. Uh, um, I know. Get, <laughs> get a good simulation going. Um, but um, uh, any any thoughts on um, any of the other uh, playoff matchups? Um, I like the Minnesota series. Um, they won last night. That they had a rough game three. Um, it yeah, blew, blew a big lead. Um, that's a good series. That is a good series. Um, just kind of going going back right now, just kind of refresh my memory. I watched the game. I watched the Minnesota game last night. Okay, I watched um, the. I didn't see the one last night. I I watched. What did I watch? I watched game like one of the series. But they're pretty evenly matched, I think. Yeah. Um, there's there's a few. Uh there was that uh oh the Sixers series. That could have been a little uh if um what was it Joel Embiid hit yeah. that game yeah uh in a two two series right now. So um 
Oh, the Pelicans' sons. Uh, the sons are missing uh, Devin Booker, so yep. Pelicans have a chance to climb back into it. Yep. Um, Heat Hawks. Heat, um, the Hawks won last game. Yeah, so they two one. Yeah, two one. Um, Warriors are scary. Yeah, I think I think the Celtics and the Warriors are the two best teams right now. I can see that being the finals uh, finals yeah. matchup. Yeah, that'd be um, a great matchup. Yes, it would. Uh, <laughs> I, I I was thinking it'd be funny if we saw uh, Minnesota Celtics. <laughs> just, that I would be know. funny. It would be kind of funny just because like just because of the yeah. that whole 07 trade. Oh yeah. Much affected it. That's the reason why the Celtics are here right now. You know, they'd yeah. be interesting to see that, but that's not gonna happen. It could happen if like I, I think if someone on the Warriors got hurt, mm. I think that I think that's what it would take. But other than other than the Warriors, I think Minnesota could beat anyone. Yeah, they, they've uh, kind of like the Celtics too. They kind of put on a good run at the end. Um, yeah. So who they're really capable of? Yeah. Uh, and they are playing well. They blew that lead, which really sucked. Yeah, they could be up three one. Yeah, they could be up three one, and um, that, yeah, that would be a great that seven seed. They're a seven seed too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, I mean, I, I like, I still like Minnesota. I like their team. Um. I like Cat, but he seems like he has some, I don't know, kind of like, I don't want to say mental issues, but. Yeah. Seems a little strange. Yeah. At least off the court and just even on the court sometimes he seems a little crazy. Yeah. He he looks slow to me. Right? He seems so slow. <laughs> like you yeah. look at John Morant and Anthony Edwards like flying up and down the court and then you no. see cat and he's just like it's like he's stuck in mud or something i know um but he did have like 34 last night yeah yeah he made a a few big threes down the stretch so that that was good to see him bounce back um because i thought after they lost game game three they were just gonna pretty much give up so i'm glad they um yeah that uh mavericks jazz that's a good series we got a few good series here yeah. Um, especially we'll see after today if some of these series can even out. <clears throat> um, I'm glad. Uh, let's see. So who, do, who would the Celtics play in the next round? Uh, the Bucks. Bucks Bulls winner. Um, and Milwaukee. They're up two to one. Two one, and they're playing right now. So. Yeah, they just they blew out the Bulls last game. I mean, at the very least, if the Bulls can kind of buy a couple games, um, you know, maybe I think Milwaukee's kind of the favorite now. But if the Bulls can at least give them a couple games, uh, Celtics can close out the series with the Nets and maybe give them a couple extra days off before that series. Yeah. Um, Or if the Bulls could pull it off, it would be nice to see the Bulls-Celtics. Bucks kind of – but. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess Middleton's hurt. I'm not sure how serious, but he might be out for a little bit. Right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, that hurts. 
Yeah, I th- I think the Celtics, if they play the Bucks, I think they beat them easily. Um, they got too many guys to put on Giannis, and they don't have. I mean, they got Drew Holiday. Um, outside of that, though, if you shut down Giannis, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, and the Bucks. The Bucks haven't even been that great this season, um, especially like their defense has been like middle of the road, and that used to be what like they were so good at. Um, so you know, and now with Middleton being you know hurt a little bit, um, and the Celtics just playing in the dominant way that they're playing, I think I think they would beat the Bucks or the Bulls in probably six games or less, maybe five games. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with the rest of this Bulls Bucks series, um, and how bad the Middleton injury is. Um, I was, yeah. and um, I was looking at the Toronto Philly series. Um, I guess Embiid has some type of injury, some type of hamstring or something, or no, a thumb. I think thumb injury, oh. um, and he's playing through it. And he he had a pretty bad, not bad, but he didn't play all that well in game four which they lost um and the raptors have had a lot of injuries too this series um you know with scotty barnes was hurt and i guess now fred van vliet just got hurt i'm not sure how serious that is but i was thinking if Embiid is hurt um i was thinking maybe the raptors could actually make this a series um if Van Vliet's not seriously hurt and Embiid is hurt, I think I think the Raptors are the type of team that could at least make it interesting coming back from a three zero deficit, maybe. Yeah, and the Sixers are uh, <laughs> they're not very good without Joel Embiid. They're not. <laughs> I mean, I think James Harden uh, is still good, but he's, he's good, not. and. I don't know what this who I don't even know who the Sixers backup center is. Um yeah, I don't know. <laughs> is it DeAndre Jordan? <laughs> I think it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah. Right now, yeah. I don't think he plays. I don't know if he plays. Um so they don't even have a backup center. Yeah. Um Joel Embiid, yeah, they don't have anyone. They have uh They don't have anyone. <laughs> yeah. So when they made that trade for Harden, they gave up. Um, they gave up Drummond and Seth Curry, which were yeah. two super important role players for them. Yep. Yeah, I would say neither of those teams won that trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a lose lose. It's a lose lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened to James Harden. Um, I know. You think it's just an injury, or he's I don't know? The, he's not the same guy. I don't. Maybe he is washed up, like Kyrie said. Um, <laughs> it definitely seems like he is trying to be more of a facilitator. Yeah, uh, but I mean, he should still have his shot. He's like not even shooting well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I have no idea. Maybe he is injured. Yeah. Yeah, he's he, he doesn't seem to have that explosiveness that he used to have. Nope. 
Yeah, yeah. He's just he just he does that thing where he dribbles between his legs for twenty seconds and then he, he takes a step back three. Yeah, but that's like all he does now. It's either that or pass. Yeah, I don't think he's very good. Um, no. So, I think the Eastern Conference is pretty much a lock for the Celtics. Um, I mean, even without the injuries, I think they're still better than all these teams. Um, yeah. So, Devin Booker, so Western Conference, Celtics, I think Celtics Warriors would be a, um, a really good series. I don't even – it's a scary – it'd be scary just because Steph Curry, um, you know, Clay Thompson, and they've, they have all that uh, championship experience. Um, but I think the Celtics could, I think they're still the better team. Yeah. Um, let's see. The Golden State would have home court. They have a slightly better record. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be a rematch of the game that we went to earlier this year. I know. Hopefully it plays out a little better this time. <laughs> yeah. We Andrew, we- Andrew Wiggins went nuts that game. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, that's probably not going to happen again. I mean, <laughs> I don't think so. But they, they are a good team, though. Uh, Jordan Poole is really good. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, so that's that, that'll be a fun series if that happens. <clears throat> um, yeah, we'll see, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. Jordan Poole looks like he plays just like Steph Curry. It seems like, like when I watch him, he looks like with his threes and his floaters and his ball handling. It's like, it's like another Steph Curry out there. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. That would be a good, uh, that would be a good potential finals matchup. It would. Um,